Welcome to today's episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Bossig, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we welcome another example of a professional fan, Captain Dina Dolphin. When you hear what she has to offer, you're going to be really excited. Let's get started. On mic today, we have Dina Dolphin, known to parts of the internet as Captain Dina Dolphin. How are you doing this fine day? I am fabulous. How are you? I am doing great. I am so glad to talk to you. Um, Finally. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a bit. Uh, We've been... Uh, you used to live in Oklahoma. That kind of stopped. Uh, we didn't get a chance to meet up until I then. I should have come down. I feel so bad. I'm like, you're in Norman. It's just a hop and a skip. And my cousin lives there. I could have made a day of oh. it. So, uh, but, you know, next time I'm in town, uh, you know, we'll have to meet up for sure. Yeah. Just tell me which place you like to have lunch and we'll make that happen. Definitely. Actually, I've never really been to Norman. So ah. it would be a whole new place to me. <laughs> a couple of places I could recommend very easily. Oh, good. Well, then, yeah, maybe I'll let you pick. You just, you know, time and day. And Yeah, I, I go to Oklahoma. I go back to Oklahoma every couple months to, you know, see oh. my family and friends and stuff. So it's kind of like what I was doing before I moved. But now it's reverse. I go back to Oklahoma <laughs> to see, yeah, my family, my friends. They miss me. And I understand. So, yeah. Well, if you're in the MST3K fandom, people are either not going to know you at all or they're going to think you're the best person who ever lived. Or so, they're going to hate me. I do have some people who aren't my biggest fans. And that's really? okay. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. It's okay, though. That You know, not, not everyone has to get along. You know, the thing is that as long as we're respectful to each other, we still love the same things. True. Um, and so, you know, uh, as one of my favorite drag queens used to say, water off a duck's back. So it is True. what it is. You move on and keep, you know, living your best life. <laughs> that is the way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. But, but yeah, you... no, I do know. A lot of people in the fandom. (laughs) Well, you've made yourself what you call the fan ambassador. Did I get that right? Yeah, I kind of tie. I I haven't exactly put on a business card or anything, but uh, I I do like to think of myself as the fan ambassador. Fan ambassador. That is the most badass title I have ever heard. (laughs) I think so, too. Yeah, you know, I should get the, you know, I should get a name tag or something. Um, But, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's because... Go ahead. No, no, you got it. Just sure, sure. You're the guest. Oh, I know, right? I get to talk about myself, which is pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, no, just because, you know, I love MST3K, and we could talk more about that, too. But part of it isn't so much the show. It's the fans and mm-hmm. the people that I've got to meet over the past. Well, I've been a fan for, you know, since the 90s. But I didn't really get into the fandom until about five. No, I guess when I, it was when I moved to Oklahoma. So, it's been a good six years, um, but really getting out there and meeting the other fans and pr- doing things with the other fans, whether it's in person or online. So uh, that to me is what I love the most is meeting other fans and then, you know, taking those relationships beyond just MST3K. So mm-hmm. that's why I kind of consider myself the fan ass. You know, I'll tell you a secret, Aaron, and only a few people know this. I haven't seen every episode of MST3K. Oh, my. I know. I know. It's shocking, right? But that it's because that always gives me something new to watch. When I'm ready to sit down and watch, even if it's like an old Joel episode, mm-hmm. I know it's something I haven't seen before. Uh, so I kind of, it, it's a, know, a weird thing that I do. But again, the fans are really kind of what make the show for me. Uh, at least now, you know, back in the 90s, it was just about the show. Um, I was very young, uh, not trying to date myself or anything, but mm-hmm. um, 
you know, I've, I met up with some Misty's recently who were like, oh, were you in the LO, or the AOL chat rooms back when the show was on there? I'm like, I was 11. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, no, I didn't get the internet until after I graduated high school. Um, but it's so cool to know that fans have been getting together since then. Like, way back then, they would, you know, go to Minneapolis and have their own little mini-cons. Um, and that's, I wish... I, Someday, if I could come rich and famous, I will put on a con somewhere where everybody could come. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that would be great. Just to meet even more fans. So, yeah. so if we look at your journey, if you're saying you've been a fan for six years, that would be 2013, 2014. You found well, the show? No, no. That's kind of where I became, became more active in the fandom. Ah, okay. I first found the show uh, the one time it aired on MTV. Uh, they played uh, Alien from L.A. I was, again, I was, this was 94, so I mm-hmm. believe, so I was 13, uh, 13, 14, flipping through the channels in my room, and I saw, I knew who Kathy Ireland was, and so I just like, okay, what's this? And she's talking in that squeaky voice, and I'm like, okay, and I, it totally clicked with the sense of humor that I already had, thanks to my dad, um, and I just sat and watched, I was like, okay, and so I would watch it. Um, you know, late nights and whenever I could, um, I used to, the funniest thing is my tattoo. I do have an MSTK tattoo. And uh, of course I had to get it designed and tattooed by a little, by a, a gentleman. He's not a little boy anymore. When mm-hmm. he was a little boy, I would, uh, I would babysit him and I would watch him MST3K like once he'd gone to sleep and he grew up to become a tattoo artist. And so I was like, there's the, the he's the obvious choice to, give me this MST tattoo tattoo because it was kind of like a full circle but um really you know like and then mid-2000s when they really started coming out with the box sets the rhino sets mm-hmm. um I picked up several of them this was my very first MST3K shirt I bought off eBay like in 2000 <laughs> uh, I kind of got more into it um of course like many of us I did have VHS tapes of MST3K taped off of Sci-Fi and the Comedy mm-hmm. Central over the Comedy Network back then mm-hmm. um, but yeah so I really became more like I said more, I've been a fan and known about the show and it's oh, I've kept, I've come back to it several times throughout my life mm-hmm. um, and most recently like I said within the past 6 years kind of once I moved to Oklahoma um, I didn't really know a whole lot of people and so I was online. I joined up some Facebook with some Facebook groups and things. And then the Kickstarter happened. And then, you know, I, our fandom blew up. We were, we mm-hmm. were the revival league. So, you know, we, we brought back the show and that helped launch a lot of social media presence, uh, for the show and for the show's predecessors like Riff Tracks, mm-hmm. um, to where, you know, Oh, people who, New MST3K didn't know about Rift Tracks, or people who knew about Rift Tracks didn't know about MST3K. Um, so it was able to help kind of merge a lot more fans. Uh, I think that Kickstarter really, it changed my life. I, I, I don't know how else to say it, but it really did because it helped me um, get out and be more active in some of the, what I consider hobbies. Like I like party planning and bringing people together um, and doing things like that, and which I had done previously. Um, but when I moved to Oklahoma, I didn't have any kind of network. So I kind of created it for myself, you know, online. Um, and yeah, it changed my life. <laughs> if it hadn't been for that Kickstarter, I wouldn't know. Uh, my friends that I have today that I call, you know, family would not be 
my family if it wasn't for the Kickstarter. So, wow, I never thought about it like that before. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So. Well, family is just the people that you bond with the most. and, and That's very true. I, I used to say that uh, the difference between friends and family is my friends will help me move. My family will help me move a body. That's the difference. I don't know. Yeah, I got some who would do both. It's, yeah. Hmm. I just can't tell them where I bury it, though. That's oh, yeah. don't, never tell them where it's buried or you burn it. Anyways, we're going down a dark path that way. So. Uh, wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> I know. I, I'm sure. <coughs> Excuse me. Like I said, I got this cough. So it's that time of year. We're at a point now where we're actually, the show is in a bit of a dark place itself. Uh, we've gone. I, I want a hiatus. No one has used that word yet. And I really like it's a hiatus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took a 20 year hiatus. Mm-hmm. We can handle a little bit more. Um, I know a lot of people are really disappointed. Um, and of course, there were the people who didn't care for the Netflix uh, reboot, the revival, excuse me, revival. Um, but. I haven't lost hope, um, but I also look at it, you know, I try to look at it uh, logically. Joel is 60 years old. Did you, P.S., did you go to the OKC show uh, last week? I did not get a chance to go. Oh, sad face. I'm sorry. It was a good it, show. Uh, I, well, I wasn't there, but I have been to the tour, and it was awesome. And it was his 60th birthday, so that's kind of leads me back to, he's 60 years old. I mean, and I think fans have to realize that, um, and many of them are in his age bracket to where, you know, do you want to continue to do, I mean, it's, a, it, of course it's a labor of love, but mm-hmm. also, we, yeah, you know, it, Joel's not getting any younger. Um, he's, I don't want to say past the torch, but you know, I like Joan. I like Joan a lot. I really didn't know him before MSG3K, uh, but I've watched his stand up since I've, uh, gone to a concert or two of his, I've met him several times. He is just an amazing person. Uh, and he's a true fan. Um, he's not just some Hollywood, you know, person that uh, that Joel picked up and threw on the show. He is an he is an actual fan of MST3K. Um, so I, 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 you know, to people out there, I'm like, don't give up hope. You know, keep watching the shows, um, keep spreading the word, the hashtags, all that fun stuff. Um, but just try not to be negative about it, but also look at it realistically um you know we don't know um i know that you know on the tour and at jonah's shows uh people have asked him you know asked both joel and him so what's going on and they're like we're working on it we're working on yes it's not on netflix anymore uh but we're working on it and you know even if they kept just kind of doing these tours um which i know oh my goodness i can't imagine uh, well, I know the tour schedule for these folks, and I can't imagine, you know, being away from home for that long. Uh, this tour lasted about a year. It's finally coming to an end soon, but, you know, that's strenuous. And, it is. Uh, it can take a toll on your body, on your relationships with your family and friends, um, and I don't think a lot of fans really think about that when they no. complain about stuff. And But, you know... I wouldn't mind seeing it continue like that because live riffing, if you've never been, go. Um, it really, it's a completely different experience than watching it on TV um, or wherever. Uh, it, it really, because there's the fumbles and there's the, you know, the stage presence that you just don't get through the TV. But, you know, if they kept touring, maybe did another tour next year. I think, you know, keeping it relevant um, 
and on the radar would help bring the show back if it was to come back on any kind of uh, people, you know, people shout out all kinds of, uh, you know, replacement options for Netflix. So, mm-hmm. but really that's, it's not for, that's not for us to know or decide, um, especially because there are so many moving parts um, that people don't think about when they're like, oh yeah, just go to um, Tubi or go to wherever, go to Twitch and do this. Um or Shout Factory and their streaming service, there's a lot more to it than just go here and make these things because, right. yeah, it takes a lot. <laughs> I got to I, visit the set, so, yeah, it, it's a lot. Yeah, I would love to see the set up, <laughs> so, I mean, that I envy you there more than it I can was, say. Oh, I still kind of get goosebumps from it because it was just, it was, I've always loved behind-the-scenes stuff and seeing uh, how TV shows are made and movies and, you know, I've always kind of wanted to just visit a set to visit it. Mm-hmm. And then when I got the opportunity to go for season 12, I was like, um, yes, please. I don't care. Like take my money. Oh, I'm still probably paid off that credit card, but it, it was, it was really worth it because it hit like two bucket lists at one time. And yeah, you do not know the amount of work that goes into our show or our show, you know, goes into this show. But also, and it's it's a minimalist show. It's very, you know, again, a majority of this show is watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just talking about the skits in between, you know, the host segments and things like that. Um, it's intense. Jonah has a stand-in. Like, <laughs> when they're just trying to, okay, we got to frame this shot. we got to do it this way. They have some guy dressed in a yellow jumpsuit about Jonah's height, and he just stands there. And like, you know, so they can get their lighting correctly and all that. So, and the props that they make, it's just, it's really insane what goes into it. Um, and again, I hate, I think a lot of people don't realize um, the work that goes into it. They just expect magic and boom, we have new episodes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. Uh, but no, it was amazing just to... Um, be on the set. Uh, of course, I got to meet um, all the actors, except for Patton. Uh, he was just about 20 feet away from me at the craft service table, but uh, he was the, he was the only, he's the only one I have not met. Um, but it was just, it was a couple days, it, just, it was a magical, magical couple days to be on that set. Um, I got interviewed for, you know, the bonus features on the DVD that the, the uh, pledge drive or the Kickstarter, whoever got, but you know, I'm on a DVD. Cool. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. So, yeah, if, if there ever comes a chance again, um, as much as I would want to do it, because it, it does cost money. It's not. It's not like you just get to go. Um, I think I would actually probably skip it so that another fan could go. Um, as much as I would want to go, but you know, so somebody else could have that experience. Um, if they've got the money to spend, let them do it. So. Yeah, so you're not going to pay their way, I guess? Uh, oh, I wish I could. Again, when I become rich and famous, mm-hmm. <laughs> I will help all the Misties in the world. I don't know. Um, but I would just say, you know, like, instead of taking that spot, uh, if somebody else, want, you know, was able to do it, I would want someone else to experience uh, what it's like to be on the set of MST3K. There's, it still blows my mind. And it's been well over two years, I think. So, yeah. Well, we're going to have to get an airplane and paint it up like your purple dress and give it a little hat. 
Definitely. And I will just fly. Well, I'll have to get my pilot's license. Um, and then that way I could just fly around everywhere and uh, take people places. So, yeah. <laughs> when I win the lottery, <laughs> never going to happen. But but if we could, you know, dial it back just a bit. What what are you working on now that it to bring fans together to keep the community going? Well, of course, I have a big online presence. Um, the singles group, which was kind of what really um, got me into it, is I took over the singles group. And then I was just like, well, I'm going to go in all these other groups and promote this. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's a singles group. We have some watch togethers. Uh, we watch online, watch MST2K, Rift Tracks, um, Cinematic Titanic, Agony Wolf Media. If you don't know about them, they're a great group of guys who are fans of the show. And they did kind of a fan um homage do you know about them Aaron? i think i don't actually oh my goodness yeah um bring me in please okay so agony wolf media um is a essentially a kind of they started as a fan tribute to mst3k um and and essentially it's a very similar show um instead of being in space they're stuck in a zombie apocalypse um and it's rick wolf um who is a commander in like one of the zombie killing squads um, and he has two robot friends. Uh, one of them is uh, Topsy, uh, Topsy Bot 5000. He's a popcorn can. And then uh, Johnny Cylon, and he's just kind of a robot. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, they're forced to watch bad movies to avoid the zombie apocalypse. Um, and they've actually, they did, more, they did some bad movies. Um, they actually did riff one of the shorts prior to the Rift Tracks guys riffing the short about um, CNB scene, the... Uh, the home with the talking cars that one was just uh, yeah so um but now they've kind of migrated more into riffing video games they do a lot of uh live streams on twitch um and yeah they're more into doing video games now they found it was more of a market for them but um their older work is really great and even, yeah they're if you like people watching playing video games and making great jokes these guys are hilarious um then yeah definitely check out agony wolf media Facebook, just Google it, it'll come up. Um, but yeah, they're fans of the show. Many people were like, oh, they're a ripoff. And blah, blah. No, they have, they kind of started out with the MST3K format, but they've gone into something well on their own. And they're doing really, they're doing really good at it. Uh, so yeah, check out Agony Wolf Media. If you have I'm going to do that. I'm going <laughs> to put better all give this... me some money for this promo. <laughs> at the very least, it'll be in the show notes. So if anybody wants to check out that or any of the other yes. groups you're talking about. Yes. Um, yeah, I can get you all the links. Um, so one of the, one of my favorite things to do is I do gift exchanges amongst the MST3K fans. Um, we do three of them a year. We have, of course, we have a secret Santa gift exchange at Christmas time. Um, for my singles group, we have a creepy Cupid um, and that's just for the singles group, so they can get something nice for Valentine's Day. And then we have a Christmas in July gift exchange, and I invite uh, all the Misties to come in, and they fill out a form. I mean, it's just like a secret Santa you would do in your office, except for it's, you know, online and across the country. Um, we had someone from Peru participate. Well, he he's a Misty who's, like, in Peru working. Uh, and I think that was the furthest away we've ever sent stuff. But, yeah, and I swap up the names. And people send gifts. They make homemade things. They make cookies. It's just really fun to um, help brighten the day of other fans in just some little way. You know, I don't uh, participate because, you know, I wouldn't know the secret. Uh, but I do get some cool stuff, too. Like I got that from a fellow fan who participated. Um, Brent, I see you. Um, 
so that's one of my my favorite things to do is facilitate that because you people not only do you know they get joy in buying gifts for other folks and then they you know get joy in receiving and you know people were like oh my goodness I, this person lives in my hometown and maybe they can maybe they connect on a different level um so that's one of my favorite things i think my other thing is i try to do meetups um Obviously, I'm here in Denver now, and so I'm trying to do more meetups locally. Uh, we tend to meet up before Rift Tracks shows, the Rift Tracks live shows that they do. Um, we had two meetups. Uh, the, the tour just came through here um, over Valentine's Day weekend, and a big group of shoes. There was like almost 20 of us uh, who met up before the show in Denver, and then in Colorado Springs, we met up. And uh, just, you know, I've tried to help folks uh, in other parts of the country um, do meetups as well before like the tour or something like that. Like, you know, you pick a, a, a casual bar and grill, you grab a table for eight people, you have a drink, people order their food as they want, separate tickets. It's just, again, a way for local Misties to, you know, the, people think, oh, I'm, I live in Podunk wherever. There's no other fans near me. Now, granted, there are lots of Podunk places that you have to drive an hour or so to, you know, get to other fans or a place that would be more populated, but they're out there, especially like in big cities. I mean, Norman, I, well, I know my cousin, you live there. My cousin's a fan. Um, so I know that there are people out there. It's just a matter of getting them connected. And uh, I like being able to do that um, online and in person, of course. Um, so yeah, the, the meetups are a really big part of what I do uh, to be that fan ambassador, I guess. Because, um, yeah, I just want folks to, you know, again, relationships that kind of start with being like-minded and liking the show. And then, you know, you move on. And like, oh, yeah, you're obviously a Trek fan, Aaron, right? True. Uh, I got my Captain Janeway up here. She's, she's my girl, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then we could go off and talk about Star Trek. Um, and I think that's really... A, a, I don't want to call us nerds, but we are, and that's okay. I'm fine that's, with yeah. that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's everyone has their level of nerddom, mm -hmm. and it usually we're very socially awkward. Um, I think, like many, I like to uh, label myself an introverted extrovert or extroverted introvert. Normally, I just want to kind of keep to myself, but when I find something that really makes me want to be extroverted, I do it, um, and that's hard for a lot of people. And if I can kind of get beyond my introvertedness and want to participate with other folks. It helps encourage other people to kind of get out of their shell as well. Um, because a lot of, you know, a lot of us are single, um, have a hard time kind of meeting new people. Um, so again, whether it's online or able to meet in person, starting with the common thread of MST3K, people can make relationships beyond that uh, that enhance their lives. Mm -hmm. Wow, I sound like Dr. Phil. <laughs> well, no, I'm actually really thinking that we're going in a great direction here. <laughs> because what I'm going to just, I have not been to one of your meetups. But <laughs> yes. I'm going to assume that when these people get together, they are a motley group. They are a bunch of people who normally wouldn't really be in the same room together by choice. Exactly. Yeah. And you have people from all walks of life. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and, they do. Yeah. We get together, you have a good time. Um, and you, again, you learn about other people and these people are yeah in your area. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You live down the street from my grandma. 
example, Colorado Springs meetup. Mm-hmm. Uh, my good friend Ben Hassler was there. I had some other new missies who I hadn't met yet. And they're like, you're Ben Hassler, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, we go to church with your brother. So, you know, it's like small world, um, but just got to make those connections uh, to get people together. But yeah, once you put it out there, the more people you get and then they tell two friends and they tell two people, you know how the Wayne's world goes. Yeah. And (laughs) what you're seeing is people find people who don't have anything in common find one thing they do have in common and one thing becomes three things becomes five things they stop thinking i don't have anything in common with this person and they find reasons to have something in common with these people yes yeah and that's what being a neighbor is about on the internet these days it's about yeah yeah you know not thinking in terms of geography thinking in terms of we're all in this together in some way or Mm -hmm. another yes very much so because you know We've all, um, I know that, like, you interviewed Zoe, who I know the show has helped her a lot with her mental illness, and I know myself included, and thousands of other people who really uh, thank MSC3K and Joel and Riffing for saving their lives in many of their dark times. Um, So, you know, having that connection where we all know, like, this is that central thing that, you know, makes us laugh, makes us feel good. And you can take that feel good and then meet other people who have that feel good and they like other things. Oh, guess what? Then, yeah. Uh, hey, I love sushi. You love sushi. Let's go hang out and have some sushi. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like that. And it makes life better. <laughs> we hear so much about how the internet is cutting down on our social skills and how it's taking away the ability to just have a conversation. Cause we're all sitting here looking at our phones, not talking to each other. And that's mm-hmm. not wrong, but it's not but, there's, but there, there's opportunities that we're not thinking of that you are thinking. Thank you. Try. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I love the meme that, you know, I think on the top it says, you know, oh, we're all connected to our phones. But then the bottom panel is someone's texting the person they love or someone's looking at dogs mm-hmm. who doesn't like puppies. Um, you know, yes, uh, social media and the Internet can be a toxic, toxic place. But that's if you allow yourself to go to those places and, you know, uh, keep putting out that toxicity. Um, If you try to use it for a positive reason to connect with other human beings, whether it be just online. I have a lot of online friends who I've never met. I've never met. I probably never will. But, you know, we're friends. We chat every day, uh, talk about this, that, you know, oh, how's the job going? You know, just sometimes venting to a stranger on the Internet is very therapeutic and Mm -hmm. people don't think about that. Um, You know, a lot of us don't have an outlet like that. So if, like I said, you start with kind of that one common thing of MST3K and it can branch off into a full-fledged, you know, friendship, relationship people. Oh, my singles group have gotten married. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. um, It is. That people can make that kind of connection just because of one show. (laughs) So, Yeah. But yeah, it could be bad. It could be good. It's really kind of like life. It's what you choose to make of it. If you want to be in your dark clouds and your rain, it's going to be rainy and dark clouds. But if you want to try to uh, be a little bit brighter and put out some positivity, it will come back to you tenfold. And just for context here, this is the first time you and I have talked face to face per se. We're doing it online, but we're having a conversation. We are. Yeah. And yet we have been going back and forth in the same social circles online since the Kickstarter. 
in yeah. one form or another. You helped me with my computer. My I dropped. Didn't you help me with one of my tech issues? One time? I completely <laughs> forgot about that. That was forever ago. But so exactly, you know, I posted something. You're like, how oh, I have knowledge in this. I, let me help you out. That's to me kind of how social media works in a positive way. It is. Um, you know, oh, hey, recommend a restaurant for me. Somebody tells you where to go eat sushi. <laughs> and then, you know, you found something new um, because of somebody on the Internet or you learn something new. Um, you really just have to use it for good and, and not evil. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. One thing, um, because the podcast has made me use Twitter far more than I had before the podcast started. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I, people have been, you know, you get into the Twitter quagmire, people trolling. And I've been saying, you have the right to not take part in any conversation you don't deem worthy of your time. Exactly. If somebody says something stupid and rude, you just walk away from the keyboard. You don't even have to say goodbye. You just no. stop the conversation. Yeah. Because they're, they're somewhere else out in the world and they're mm-hmm. not in front of your face where, yes, it would be a little bit more difficult to deal with something like that. Um, so maybe that does take down our ability to deal with confrontations in person, but it also does teach you a lesson that yes, I can walk away from this. I don't have to engage, uh, this person, whether, what, whether they're honestly trying to make their point or yeah, like you said, if they're just trolling and being a dickweed to be a dickweed, um, and if that's what gets their rocks off, that's, that's completely on them. But no, you do not have to reply you don't have to read the comment section. I think no. a lot of that's what a lot of celebrities obviously, you know, like, I quit reading the comment section for a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, how else you you your self esteem would just it just drop dramatically. So, um, yeah, you do not have to engage with that negativity. You know, and it's hard. It is hard. Oh, it's extremely hard not to just, especially um, you know. Misty fans are we're very sarcastic people, mm-hmm. um, but online that can be taken, you know, many ways. Um, mm-hmm. And I've seen it in the groups and stuff. Someone who makes a quip, not really thinking how it might bother somebody else, um, but you have to be able to go. Okay, this is just another person on the internet. If it's somebody you know, then yeah, <laughs> that's on you. But you have to be able, to, yeah to walk away from situations that are going to go downhill and not end well for anybody and waste no. your time and energy. So no, not worth it. It really <laughs> don't, isn't. Don't feed the trolls. That's, yeah, that's about, that's the summation of that. <laughs> it's one of the reasons I'm grateful for the revival, because I think we needed to have a quick glimpse into what mystery science theater would think of the world we're in today. I th- yes. Yeah, most I, I, definitely. I, they, a lot of their, uh, because I am a younger fan, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying, but, you know, That's I was, okay. it, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I get I'm, it. I'm, I'm 39. So a lot of the references okay. that Joel makes, especially, um, and then Mike, uh, you know, are kind of that era. Um, I don't get, uh, I've gotten kind of, as I've gone back and maybe rewatch it, but I'm like, Oh, okay. Now I know what you're talking about. Whereas with the revival, um, there were some, still some ones I'm like, I don't know, I don't get it. But there was a lot more current uh, riffs. I think one of my favorite riffs uh, from the new season is in uh, The Land That Time Forgot. And it's the beginning scene where we're watching, you know, the credits are coming. And Joel says, uh, or excuse me, not Joel, Jonah. Jonah says, 
you know, not enough movies use the Jimi Hendrix font because it's a font that looks very much similar to a Jimi Hendrix uh, album, which he's like one of my favorite artists. So, um, you know, the fact that he could use the word font and people would know what it means, whereas the show in the 80s and 90s, people didn't know what a font was, uh, mm-hmm. at least not commonly. Of course, computer folks did, but, you know, I wouldn't have known back then. Um, so little things like that really help, like you said, kind of bring it more into this time. Um, talked about pot, you know, oh, what was a radio is <laughs> a podcast that you could turn off and on or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember that riff. But yeah, it's that's how it kind of made it a little bit more modern. Um, and I think reached a lot of new fans too. Um, so that was really, I think, beneficial for for the show uh, and what has brought what it's brought to today. So when it comes to the non-MST3K riffing shows, uh, starting with, I guess the first was kind of the film crew moving on to cinematic sure. Titanic riff tracks. How did, what was your take on that? Because if you really found the, the fandom during the dark era between, during the hiatus, how did right. you see the, the different spinoffs and what was your take on those? Um, well, I didn't really see a lot of sin in my Titanic until about six years ago. I knew about them, but I hadn't really watched them. Whereas the film crew, um, I actually got a, couple, a hold of a couple of their DVDs in the early 2000s. And, you know, granted, it wasn't the same, you know, no silhouettes, things like that, but it was still riffing. Um, and then, of course, once Riff Tracks came out, um, what was their first show? It was Play on the Nine. Um, you know, I was there. I, I wasn't in Nashville. Or I, th- I don't know if it was Nashville when they first started. Either way, I went to my local broadcast, and yeah, it was. It I cried. <laughs> I cried um, because I were seeing people who I had had such an affection for, and the show. Uh, I'm a, I'm a Mike girl um, through and through. I'll be happy to admit that. Um, so seeing Mike and Kevin and Bill up there on the stage, like in person. Uh, I cried. I remember crying in the theater. I was just so happy to see something that I had loved for so long, kind of making a comeback. Um, and I'm so happy for Rift Tracks and what they've continued to do over the past, well, well over t- 10 years. This is their eighth Kickstarter. Um, so it's really great to see these guys continue to stretch their comedy legs and, you know, beat and, and still be into it. Um, I, you know, I can understand if you've done something for 20 years, maybe you don't want to do it anymore. Maybe you want to sell balloons in the park. I don't know. Um, but it really, it, it helped me know that there was, this was still an ongoing thing. Um, and that riffing, riffing will never die. I mean, Mm -hmm. granted, Joel is kind of known as the father of riffing, but people have been making fun of stuff forever. Mm -hmm. Um, he just took it and kind of put it in this little great show, um, and it, you know, became what it is today, again, with the spinoffs, with the film crew, uh, Cinematic Titanic, um, and the Rift Tracks, that, again, is still going. Cinematic Titanic, I will say, with all of them, because there was, what, five of them? A lot of, a lot of voices mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's kind of hard to adjust to. But that's just a personal preference. Um, I know lots of people who love, I mean, I've got the box set. So, um, and they did movies that, you know, that MSC3K hadn't done and that Rift Tracks hasn't, they, they haven't been re-riffed. Um, I really wish I had been a part of, you know, more active. And I was still kind of young. I was, you know, got out of high school, you know, was in the Coast Guard. So I was kind of still in flux of 
living my adult life. Um, but I really wish I could have, you know, gone to the cinematic Titanic live shows that they would do and meet them back then. Um, I've of course met everyone since then, but you know, to be a part of that era of the fandom as well, uh, would have been really cool, but I'm very thankful that I've brought myself back into the fold, I guess, and have, uh, become so active now. Um, I, yeah, I recommend anybody, you know, grab a hold Rue McClanahan, okay, from the Golden. Oh. Yeah, she's in. Oh God, I can't remember. Rue McClanahan stripping. Yep. Yes, I that think is, that's all you need. That's all you yep. need to know. <laughs> Go check it out. Hollywood night. No. Hollywood after Hollywood. dark. Thank you. Yes, there you go. So go check that out if you haven't already. Again, film crew, I want a plug here. Mm-hmm. I want some free swag. You should be able to find that DVD somewhere fairly cheap. I, oh, yeah. No, I'm sure you can. Uh, Amazon, uh, Amazon's amazing. Uh, yeah. They've got all kinds of stuff. Um, or, you know, yeah. So definitely check out the film crew. It's a different take. I mean, it's still riffing, but it's kind of it's nice to see uh, Kevin, Mike, and Bill in a different kind of role, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. So, yeah, check out the film crew. And, and, Riff Tracks, and check out Riff Tracks. Make sure you check out Riff Tracks. Riff Tracks was, at the same time, that the do-it-yourself aspect of Riff Tracks was the best and worst part of it, I always thought. Because you mean the, it, the eye riffs? Or, or where people would... What well, that's too. Well, sorry. I had done sorry. a few of those. Um, they're, okay. They're, they're actually on my YouTube channel, of the ones that I thought were good enough to not, you know, make me want to hang myself over. Um, but the uh, they're, the fact that you would sync the movie to the, yes. the DVD, and yes. then they... They just released shorts by just, themselves. Just, just yeah, the shorts by themselves. You know, just the riffs. Uh, so you know, you can go rent um, the Matrix, mm-hmm. or, or many of us probably own it. And yeah, you can sync it uh, with. They have an app, or you know, you look it up on your phone some other way or your computer. Um, that was ingenious because mm-hmm. that got around the you know having to pay licensing for these movies. Um, I think that was a huge, uh, yeah, that was smart. It was smart, <laughs> and it hit at, in the late 2000s at this time when it was like everybody had a computer, everybody had a DVD player, and they were just yep. comfortable enough with it that they would give this a shot. And I think if they started that now with no history, it probably wouldn't fly as much. I but don't think it, so either. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 but, it grabbed that that early 2000s millennial, why not give this a try mentality? Yes, exactly. Are you millennial? I'm a millennial. I'm like on the, I'm a, I'm a, very, I'm a beginning millennial. I, I didn't until you said you were 39, but we're actually the same age. See? <laughs> I, I'm yes, going to turn 39 in just a few weeks uh, in, in the early um, June. Yep, my birthday's in January, so <laughs> I beat you. Um, so yeah, we're like the beginning of the morning. Yeah. But yeah, you know, everybody has these DVDs. Uh, if you don't have, you know, Triple uh, X on DVD, who even are you? No, I'm kidding. Uh, um, that's a Vin Diesel movie. But you know, the Twilight series, and especially mm-hmm. doing those series that came out later in the 2000s, brilliant. I mean, Harry Potter, even if you love Harry Potter, uh, and I know, you know I'm a big, I'm not like a oh, Potterhead, but I like the Harry Potter movies. They're entertaining. Um, but it's still it's it's still great for riffing. Twilight, people loved it. Most of us didn't care for it, but it, you know, riffing on the, it, it deserved it. Um, you know, doing all the Star Wars things like again things that are near and dear to many of our hearts, 
mm-hmm. um, but it's still funny. They're not poking fun at it in a mean way, um, like "oh, this sucks." And blah, 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 blah. no, they're it's laughing with it, so to speak. So, well, and that uh, those were the two challenges that Rift Tracks grabbed that MST3K kind of sidestepped. Yeah. One was instead of just focusing on bad movies, they took the challenge of doing good movies. They did do Casablanca, if I remember correctly. Yes, they did, and and you know that's an acclaimed mm-hmm. picture. Yeah. Uh, she, it was in Overdrawn at the Memory Bank. Mm-hmm. You can't show a good movie in the middle of your bad movie. So, no, they, they have taken on classics. Um, Wizard of Oz. Uh, mm-hmm. You know. But, Gone you know, with the wind. Just, yes. There are just still so there's still funny things that can be found in classics uh, that are beloved by everyone. I mean, I don't know anyone who doesn't like Wizard of Oz. And if you do, I don't want to talk to you. So. And <laughs> they, they, when you riff the entire DVD uncut, you don't have the option to like take out a part that wouldn't work so well. You have to find a joke to go there somewhere. Exactly. They can't like like some of the you know more they they do weekly releases now on Friday. They'll put out new uh, ones. I can't remember what just came out, but you know they can cut those because they're coming with the movie and the jokes. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah, when you buy just the jokes, they can't tell you to stop. You know, fast forward your DVD to the next scene because that's where it's funnier. Nope, they got to make something, uh, mm-hmm. or it's just dead air, and you know that's good. You let your jokes breathe, but um, yeah, <laughs> you can't edit Wizard of Oz. Like nah. That. So, or maybe that's not the good example. But yes, <laughs> it's it's. I just like the way that they took the format. They did something different with it, and that's still going. MST3K is a concept that can be reiterated over and over again for right. different purposes. Yes, most definitely. Um, and I think, I know that that's Joel's vision. I happened to be at the, I was at the Q&A that they did in Colorado Springs. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, similar to Doctor Who, but, you know, it's not about Joel. And it's not about Mike. And it's not about Jonah. It's about this concept that can be, like you said, taken through different iterations, different hosts, different uh you know, we could look ahead 30 years. Uh, Jonah will be old. So, you know, they could continue just bring in new people and keep this concept going. I'm sure there is not a lack for bad B-movies that we haven't seen Riff yet. No. Um, and then also ones that could be re-riffed. You know, I know uh, the Riff Tracks Kickstarter, they're, they're re-riffing Hobgoblins this year. And several people were disappointed. They're like, oh, it's already been done. Well, yeah, it was done back in 1990, 2000, whatever. It's 2020. There are so many new riffs and jokes that could be made. Um, so I have no problem with them re-riffing movies that we've seen riffed before because sometimes they're the funniest uh, because it's it's new stuff. If you have a problem with somebody re-riffing the movie, you have to ask yourself, how many times have you watched Manos? How many times <laughs> have you watched Todd Goblins? I'm good yeah. for at least five or six on each of those two myself. Yes, I yeah, exactly. I some new jokes. I have no problem with that. Right. We still love our class, you know, vote for Ronald Reagan, do a lot of coke or whatever. My mm-hmm. favorite is itchy, itchy, itchy. My pantyhose are itchy uh, <laughs> from a space mutiny. But, yeah, you know, it's – I don't understand. I, I guess I'm not a big complainer about things, so I don't get why people complain. But, hey, to each their own. Um but yeah, I have no problem with re-riffing or with other groups uh, riffing things that have already been riffed. Um, 
because they're coming at it, they'll be coming at it from a different perspective, a uh, different mindset. Um, you know, younger folks, uh, you know, in their 20, you know, 20s and 30s now, uh, riffing on something would have a different look at it than, say, Mike and Joel, people who are not older, but, you know, an older generation. Um, so to me, by all means, if it makes you happy and you want to go out there and make fun of a bad movie that 20 other people have already done, do it. I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> so, yeah. Free riffs are fine. Don't worry about the reason. I'm excited to go see Hobgoblins, actually. So I'm looking forward to that, too. Yeah. I, I got the VIP, so I'm, I think this is my chance to cosplay as Daphne. Um, so, yeah. I want. <laughs> you will be posting pictures of that, right? I mean, oh, that's... yes. There will be. Come on now. What have I not posted? <laughs> pictures, yeah. Pictures, video. Um, I, again, Part of it is, you know, yeah, I get to do the VIP and meet them and be in the front row, but it's, again, hanging out with a theater full of people who love this show and this concept, this who love riffing as much as I do. And it just really, it brings people together. Um, yeah, it's, I, I love this show. And it, the show just brings that together, that brings out that passion of people that they, they yeah. want to commune over it. Yes, exactly. And they want it, to get it, together. And yeah, if it, you know, it's very, I know that, you know, obviously Star Trek is a big like fan get mm -hmm. together kind of thing. Um, but at least what I see on my, and I, I'm a big Facebook person. That's pretty obvious. That's kind of, I, I tweet, I tweet sometimes, but I'm more definitely on Facebook. I don't see people talking about, oh, let's all get together and go to this Star Wars thing. Uh, mm -hmm. And maybe they're out there. But, they are. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> They don't listen to me, um, but it's uh, it's a niche, of course. You know, it's a it's there's a, it, there aren't a lot of misties, but there are, and we just gotta find each other. Uh, and then, of course, we then go on to be Trekkies and pull in all our other fandoms as well. Um, you know, like maybe I found a new show on Adult Swim that I think you'll think is hysterical, or it has a tie a connection with MST3K. You know, Dan Harmon. Uh, mm -hmm. from Rick and Morty, you know, he wrote for season 11. So it's kind of like these, you know, seven or degrees of Kevin Bacon, um, where you get to something that maybe you didn't know about. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh, well, cool. I'll have to check that out. Uh, so, yeah. Huh, community. So going to throw this one out at you. Are you or were you a Beavis and Butthead fan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that okay. Me and my dad used to, me and my dad used to watch it. Yeah, I understand. You know, they used to essentially rip on movie videos. They did. Music and videos, yeah. When MST3K was still in its prime, everybody in our age group, because we were in high school then, yeah. was mm -hmm. saying, you'd explain it like, oh, like Beavis and Butthead, they're just ripping them off. No. Okay. They were doing it first. Uh, yeah, they you know, were doing do it love first. Beavis and yeah, I, I, I do, but it's like people would just be like, and I used to resent Beavis and Butthead for the longest oh. time, even though I watched it anyway. Yeah. But it's like, no, no, my show did this first. You guys are just. And, and but what you're saying is even better. It's like people find something they like, they make a connection, and that's mm -hmm. the beauty of it. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just how people form relationships. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, big Beavis and Butthead. My dad and I used to watch it um, because it was very much our sense of, you know, sarcastic sense of humor. Um, and I loved the Beavis and Butthead movie. <laughs> that, that was um, a movie. That was a that. great movie. I had this shirt and everything. Um, but, 
no, you know, it's, yeah, again, taking something that, you know, you love and being able to connect it along to something else that you might discover, a new person you're going to meet, um, you know, you, you never know where the show will take you. I don't want, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but I'm going to get goosebumps. I can tell you, I'm going to cry too. Um, when I moved to Oklahoma, uh, however many years, I never thought I'd be sitting here right now <laughs> talking to you um, about MST3K. I never, you know, I never in a million years thought that I would have met, you know, my comedic idols, you know, people again who I have such affection for because they help, you know, bring joy into my life. Um, but how much my life has changed because of the connections that I made with people because of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to give a shout out to Greg Talley. I mean, if it wasn't for him, um, kind of seeing a potential in me with what I was doing my uh, Facebook groups and stuff that he's like, Hey, you know, come do this with us and check this out. And uh, the Turkey day, obviously our Turkey day meetup that we have here in Denver. Um, had I not just gotten the bug and just said, Hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to drive all the way to Colorado <laughs> and meet up with strangers. Some of them. Yes. I met on the internet or interviewed kind of like this, but, you know, and I did it and I forced myself out of that box of, I'm just going to sit here and not try to meet new people. I got out there, I met them and it changed my life. And it all started with having a love of riffing. Um, and I could be happier. I mean, I, Oklahoma's great and all, but I, you know, I just was, it wasn't, it wasn't a fit for me. Um, and moving here and continuing to be a part of the, the fandom um, making new friends, uh, you know, getting together for the damn dude you drive in podcast that I, you know, do with them. Um, it's really, yeah, this show changed my life. Um, but it was because of the people that I met because of the show. So that kind of leads back into how I'm just a bit, you know, that to me, the show is an amazing show and it's funny, but it's how it's the people that I've met because of the connection of this show. Um, and I know that's the same for many other people. Oh, I'm going to cry. Oh, no, no. See, I am astonished. Again, we've never had a back and forth, back and forth like this here, but your story is remarkably similar to mine. Uh, I moved here from Pennsylvania in 2006 during the dark hiatus. And I mean, for, I had many friends here. It's not like I was alone or anything, but I spent a good amount of time in that first apartment with a wall full of MST3K DVDs, just kind of remembering the old days. And it had been left been at that, I would have been happy because I still had right. my 10 years of the show. Yeah. And then in the intervening years, we had the spinoffs. Yes. I started meeting other fans. I started recruiting other fans. I was the, <laughs> I wasn't a fan ambassador, but I, I introduced <laughs> people to the show. And yeah. then I'm meeting the cast. I'm going to live shows. I'm taking part in events. I sponsor... Yeah. The restoration of Manos, I fund yep. the, the the Kickstarter, and it's like, and I'm not saying it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't moved to Oklahoma, but it put me in the right place at the right time in a way yes. I never expected. Yeah, exactly. That's a, very much so. Um, and that's it's great when the stars align like that, mm-hmm. and it literally changes your life. Uh, you know, it, it's a. Uh, (laughs) 
you know, it, it's a life-changing thing that when you really sit down and look at it, it's like, oh, my heart. That's an, it's amazing. And mm-hmm. I'm very thankful. I'm very blessed. And, you know, I couldn't – I'm very happy. <laughs> and I'm that's, happy. You know, that's all I want. <laughs> and that's all I want for, like, everybody. I want, like, I want everyone to find their – their happiness, um, whether it's through the show or a connection you make with the show. And uh, I think, again, yeah, I, I use the show more of kind of a platform to meet other people and uh, help them continue. You know, anytime that I can bring a smile to somebody else's face, even if it's just because I'm smiling, that's all I need. <laughs> so, yeah. I would feel guilty if we didn't leave it at this point because that's the most yes. perfect way to sum up everything we're talking about here. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but um, I want to definitely make sure that people can get in touch with you any way they can. So uh, where where can we follow you? Oh, my goodness. Everywhere. Just essentially, if you Google Dina Dolphin, mm-hmm. D-E-A-N-A-D-O-L-P-H-I-N, uh, my Facebook comes up, my Twitter comes up, um, Instagram. It's pretty much all at Dina Dolphin. Um, and you can find me. Uh, yeah. Friend me up. I still got a few friend friend spots left in my 5,000 on Facebook, but um, yeah, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Um, uh, if you're in the Denver area, definitely get a hold of me. Um, meetup.com. I don't know that is. I do have a meetup.com with Colorado. I don't know if, if you search my name, how that works, but um, I guess, I don't know. I just feel like I'm all, I'm like in the internet. Like I am the internet and people will come and find me. You're hundred percent right. If somebody searches for you, they will find you. Yeah, um, they will. I'm in the show notes at AaronBosick.com. I will make sure that I list the singles group for MST3K Thank and you. any other groups that you're mainly a part of. Send me those links and I'll make sure they get posted. Most definitely. Yeah, I've got a lot. Yeah, I, I know. And I, it would be too long to list them all here, but they will be in <laughs> yes. the show notes of this episode. Her. And I would like to swing back and update those notes when I see that costume of you in the Hoblog Goblins Girl outfit. Yes, I'm going to. Yeah, let's get those on there too. Yeah, of course, of course. This has been fun. Thank you. It for has having been fun. Me. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really glad we got to do this. Finally, yes, I am too. And next time I'm in Oklahoma, I'm looking you up, and we're going to come down here and take me to a good place for lunch. I get to Denver more often than I I would admit, so we'll we'll talk about that. Well, too. even better. Okay, good. Okay, so you watch out for snakes. Huzzah! <laughs> I would like to thank Dina for being my guest today, and I would like to thank you for listening. To keep track of Dina and her misadventures, go to my website, www.aaronbossig.com, for the show notes for this episode. And if you happen to be listening to it on a portable device, a mobile of some kind, look down and find the share button and send it to anybody you can think of who might appreciate it, either as a text message or an email or a Facebook post. That would be the best community building feature we could give today. And if you want to get a hold of me directly, you can always reach me at bossigpodcast at yahoo.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.